0: Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade, and I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 218 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's see what Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 12. Jesus tells the parable of the man who planted a vineyard and attempted to collect from the tenants. They beat up the first collector and sent him away. Another was sent, but he was stoned. The next person sent was killed. Lastly, the owner sent his son, thinking they would surely pay him what was owed. But they were jealous and thought they would inherit the land if they killed the son, so they did. Jesus asked the people what they would do if they were the owner, and he answered his own question. He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Well, the Pharisees knew he was speaking about them and they wanted to destroy him even more than before. So they sent people to him to ask him questions, hoping he would say something they could arrest him for. The rest of the chapter is a bit of a cat and mouse game between these people and Jesus. However, Jesus always answered with wisdom and in a way that was never incriminating to himself. He gives us the great commandment in verse 30, which says, And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart and out of and with your whole soul, your life, and out of and with all your mind, your faculty of thought and your moral understanding, and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. The second is like it and is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. I need to read these commandments often. It reminds me of what is truly important. No matter what is going on in our lives, may we always love God. May our hearts always be soft toward him and keep him first in our lives. And may we love those around us. Lastly, Jesus teaches us about giving as he tells his disciples about the widow who gave all she had, all she had to live on. Her belief that God will take care of her in all things allowed her to give all she had, and it was counted as more than any other gift offered. May our hearts always be generous to give to the Lord, and may we trust him as we give, whether it is our finances, time, or energy. Let's see what Paul is writing the church in Corinth in chapter 3. Paul had been talking about the factions that rose up in the church. Some wanted to follow Paul, some Apollos, and in this chapter he even mentions Peter. He tries to clarify that they all teach about Jesus Christ who is the foundation. There is nothing to do except follow Christ. In verse 7 he says, So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but only God who makes it grow and become greater. Again, he is sharing that no man is great, But God, God is the one who brings them to himself and teaches them about himself through the people who preach and teach. And only God's spirit can reach their spirit. Christ and his death on the cross make all this possible. Let's see what's happening with Job in chapter 7. Job shares his innermost thoughts of anguish and pain. At first, he compares his suffering to that of a servant who toils all day in the hot sun and looks forward to the nighttime. However, even in his nighttime hours, Job is plagued. He dreams horrible dreams. His sleep does not offer him comfort. Nothing does. And for the first time, he lacks hope. That is the one thing we cannot do without. Hope. Hope in God's faithfulness, goodness, and salvation. In this chapter, we see Job without hope and wishing he was dead. He considers himself a burden to God and to himself. His spiritual life is in as much anguish as his physical life is, and he wonders how long God will punish him. We see that he perceives he is being undeservingly punished by God. In verse 20, he says, If I have sinned, what harm have I done you? O you watcher and keeper of men, why have you set me as a mark for you so that I am a burden to myself and you? And then he asks for forgiveness for whatever sins he has committed. Yes, Job is lower than low. In chapter 8, we read, Bildad's reply to Job's heartaches. He is rather curt with Job and asks him how long he is going to complain. He confronted Job about believing that God was wrong in causing his suffering when God is never wrong. He even threw Job's children under the bus, indicating they may have gotten what they deserve. And then he tells him to earnestly seek God. In verse 21, he assures Job that he will be vindicated when he is right in God's eyes. For behold, as surely as God will never uphold wrongdoers, he will never cast away a blameless man. However, Bildad didn't understand Job's situation. He basically condemned Job and told him to ask for forgiveness, and then everything would be restored to him. In Job's case, there may have been things to be forgiven for, such as his lack of hope in God at this point. But it wasn't sin and unforgiveness that brought on these afflictions. Bildad's advice most likely will not be taken well by Job. We will see what happens in our reading tomorrow. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 37. King David starts out advising us not to envy those who gain from unrighteous means. Instead, we are to trust the Lord. In verse 3, he writes, to feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed. Verses 4 and 5 are underlined in my Bible and say, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him and he will bring it to pass. I love the amplified version of these passages because it points to the secret petitions of our hearts. Sometimes I don't think we actually know what some of those secret petitions are. They are hidden from us until we have grown up in the Lord. Then he reveals what he is doing in our lives and shows us the way we are to go. Eventually we realize God's way is what we really desire. As we seek him, wait on him, and draw closer to him, we find the way he wants us to go. Then our hearts are full when we step into what we truly desire. He gently compasses us about in love and mercy until we are mature enough to handle the great plan he has for our lives. May our hearts turn to him and allow him to lead us, and may he help us be obedient to his call. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for the message in your word. Lord, keep our eyes on you and not the world. Keep us seeking you and you alone. Help us walk into your perfect plan as you lead and guide us. Grant us obedience to follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.